Can a poem help us answer one of the greatest ecological questions, challenges, predicaments of our time? Well, that kind of question lets you know that you are listening to Poetry, Passion, and Pleasure with your host, Dale Byron. That's me. This is the podcast home of practical, everyday poetry. So, as we unpack this question, I'll, and I'll, we'll unpack it very shortly, but I want to just get right into the poem. And I've got an amazing one for us today by the great poet, Jane Hirschfield, and uh, the poem is called Let Them Not Say, and I think it's right in the territory, this ecological territory, um, this dilemma, predicament, challenge that we're going to talk about. Let Them Not Say by Jane Hirschfield. goes like this. Let them not say, let them not say, we did not see it. We saw, we saw. Let them not say we did not hear it, we heard. Let them not say they did not taste it, we ate, we trembled. Let them not say it was not spoken, not written. We spoke, we witnessed with voices and hands. Let them not say they did nothing. Let them not say they did nothing. We did not enough. We did not enough. Let them say, as they must say something, a kerosene beauty. It burned. It burned. Let them say we warmed ourselves by it, by it, read by its light, praised. And it burned. It's an amazing poem. And when I heard it, I had a kind of um, emotional and intellectual um, aha moment on both levels. It seems to me that what I have thought, as I've thought a lot about this since I first heard this poem, that the great ecological tension of our lives is this. We must reduce the use of fossil fuels in all their forms, oil and natural gas and coal, of course. We must reduce them immediately because of the carbon sink. In other words, the carbon that that the burning these fossil fuels has put into the environment, the oceans in particular, but also, of course, the uh, the air uh, that that is causing so many challenges on so many levels. We've got to reduce that um, and very quickly. And yet, and yet, I think we must also honor why we fell in love with fossil fuels. And this may seem counterintuitive, but we fell in love with fossil fuels because they are very much magic. They are very much magic. In fact, one barrel of oil has the same amount of energy 
of up to 25,000 hours of hard human labor. Even when we um, adjust, uh, we come up with something which looks like uh, 12 and a half years of work. And some people have adjusted that down. But even think if it's one barrel of oil equals five or seven years of human work. Can you see why we fell in love in addition to all the other things we do with fossil fuels and petroleum and other uh, materials? The reason we fell in love with this is because it's like sheer magic. It's like sheer magic. And the great task we have now is to use uh, fossil fuels in their um, uh, the, the smallest amount we can to move forward because we're going to need them to build out this new regenerative world, this new world of um, energy that is is dependent on uh, wind and air and sun. Um, uh, or I'm sorry, wind and sun and geothermal and all of these ways in which we have to use fossil fuels to build out that new infrastructure. But we have to do it wisely. We have to do it very wisely and very differently than we have been doing it in the past. Um and so I think this poem, it lets us know it's not just, it doesn't just come down on one side of this. It says, no, 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 we fell in love. We have used fossil fuels for their amazing power. Let them not say we did not see it. We saw, we saw. Let them not say we did not hear it. We heard. Let them not say they did not taste it. We ate, we trembled. Let them not say it was not spoken not written. We spoke. We witnessed with voices and hands. Let them not say they did nothing. We did not enough. Let them say as they must say something, a kerosene beauty. It burned. Let them say we warmed ourselves by it, read by its light, praised, and it burned. What I love about this poem is that it embraces the paradox here, the reasons why we fell in love and still love fossil fuels, but also the reality that we know that is coming at us like a speeding freight train that says we cannot continue to grow and to do what we've been doing and using fossil fuels to grow and to deforest and to uh, do all the impactful things that we're doing on all these various major ecological systems that we are overshooting. It's not just um, climate. It's not just that. That is huge and incredible, but it's not just that. So we have got to rework how we use fossil fuels. And I think we can use the beauty of poetry, this particular poem in particular, to help us see that very nuanced, very complex relationship 
that we have with fossil fuels. Now, I have one more poem, just two poems today, that I think uh, also speaks in this territory and was written in response to this poem by Jane Hirschfield, this amazing, artful piece of uh, work by Jane Hirschfield. This poem is called What We Want. What We Want. What We Want. We want a grounded, living, regenerative world. We want a grounded, living, regenerative world. We want clear, clean rivers, wild forests, and mountains filled with fresh and green life. We want the ocean's corals to be revived. We want the whales, dolphins, and sharks floating freely again on ocean waves as gods. We want the great panther of Rilke's poem. We want the great panther of Rilke's poem, unchained, beyond bars, free to roam a great will, bursting from the small cage of our human minds. We want to feel the mountain air in its brisk, bright, and beautiful form again, filling wounded wings with fierce hope. But it is also true, but it is also true, we wanted to warm ourselves by the ancient kerosene fires that once burned as hot as summer's day. And it, it is also true we wanted to fly so near the sun to control it and all. With wings above the dragon smoke, past humble clouds to the magic places, fueled, fueled by the sun itself. So now to step away from this magic. So now, to step away from this magic once found will be our greatest calling, will be our greatest calling to simply say, enough, enough, enough. And for once, and for once, to mean what we say. And for once, and for once to mean what we say. It is not a simple question, this question of our relationship with fossil energy. Because at the same time that we need to reduce our use of fossil energy in all its forms, oil, natural gas, coal especially, um, that we must use it sparingly and use it so wisely in order that we may build out this new energy infrastructure so that we can move forward in the world in a way that is much more regenerative. And yet, 
to be able to own why we fell in love with this magical energy source and to own that as a species so that as we move forward and we know that we have to use less, we have to do less, we have to use less of many, many things, not just fossil fuels, but to be able to do that, to own how we fell in love, you know, as Jane Hirschfield says so well, a kerosene beauty, it burned. A kerosene beauty, it burned. Let them say we warmed ourselves by it, read by its light, praised, and it burned. You know, in my university days many years ago, I worked for an airline called Eastern Airlines, which some of you may remember. They've actually been gone for a number of years. But I can remember seeing those great silver wings. I remember those trucks driving up and putting that J-2 into those wings, those thousands of pounds of fuel. And how those great jets would go rumbling down that runway. And I worked, you know, so close to where those jets were, and I would see them lifting off the earth. What an amazing thing. What an amazing thing. And what an amazing thing that it allowed us to go great distances, to travel great distances. And that's just one of the magical things we used fossil fuel for. So in order for us to own all of that now, to own the magic, to own all of that, and at the same time, to be able with wisdom to step into this new world where we are able to um, use wisely, sparingly fossil fuels for only the wisest uh, choices that we have to rebuild our world and to reset our expectations around uh, how many material goods we use and how much energy we use. All of that has got to be reset. Because I said in this piece, I think I said this, that this poem, What We Want, was my response. This is a poem that I wrote. Uh, and if I didn't say that, I should have. <laughs> But I said toward the end of the poem, and it is also true we wanted to fly so near the sun. We cannot do that. To control it, we cannot do that. We cannot control it. We live in the earth. We are of the earth. We are not in control of the earth and its great systems. That is a fool's project. And if we try to get our wings above the dragon smoke, we are seeing how that will not work either. Uh, trying to move past the humble clouds, as I say, to the magic places fueled by the sun itself. We cannot do that. So now to step away in the last stanza, 
now to step away from this magic once found will be our greatest calling to simply say enough, 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 and for once to mean what we say, because what we're going to have to do is work with the natural world, embedded in the natural world, as we are, with deep and humble respect for the natural world, which is really ourselves. And we know that, and we get that, and we can step into that kind of reverence, that kind of world. We can. We can. Okay. That is a wrap. That is a wrap. You know, as I say, if uh, if you have uh, enjoyed this, if you've gotten some insight, if you've felt a little sense of uh, emotional inspiration, then by all means, please pass this along to others, to colleagues, to friends. You know, I just want more people to uh, experience um, poetry in all its practical ways. <laughs> So, um, yes, that's a wrap. And, uh, and as I always say, thank you for your listening ear. And until next time and next poem and poems, please, please take good care of yourself. <laughs>